Welcome to Scene Double Podcast. I am your co-host, Bradford Barth. And I am your host, Stephanie Kretz. How have your last two weeks been, Stephanie? (laughs) (laughs) Busy. (laughs) Which is why we didn't record last week. Yes. It was, uh, I was also crazy. I was kind of relieved to not be rushed to uh, have to record and then edit a podcast. Also, our episode didn't really fit our spoopy theme either. This is true. This is true. So it ended up being a blessing in disguise. It is a blessing in but disguise. I, and then also I've already done that homework, so I'll have a really nice free week in a couple weeks. I'm going to watch it again, though, because, you know. Well, it is like the best episode it's of It's OB. It's and, like one of my favorite episodes. Uh, yeah, I'll take any chance to rewatch it's it. It's true. I just won't have to take the vigorous note-taking. Yeah. That part has been completed. Very good. Very good. So yeah, continuing with our spoopy theme, we're going to talk about one of my all-time favorite movies tonight, which is Mulholland Drive. Sorry, you, you, you had to check your notes, huh? No, my window like got really small suddenly, and I was really confused. Stephanie forgot her subject matter. No, it's I amazing. didn't. I was she trying to look down at her computer, confused. I was trying to do a dramatic pause, and then my computer. She confused me. Confused, and then she was like, "I need to. I okay, need to, what? What are we doing? I fixed it. We're doing David Lynch movie. <laughs> That's the name of it. My <laughs> my body pushed something. My body pushed, something. <laughs> and then it. Sh- and then the window. I want to see this weird. movie now. My body pushed something. <laughs> I think that's just called porn. <laughs> Whoa. Hey. This is a... Well, okay, Oops. I can't even make that claim. I was going to say family friendly. <laughs> no. No. But uh, your sailor language... Oh, I forgot to turn off notifications. Is, uh, keeps that from happening. 18 Captain America pins you might, ch- you might be interested in. Okay. <laughs> really? <Ooh>. For you? <laughs> well. That is hard to believe. <laughs> Just so everyone knows what kind of emails I receive. <laughs> I have a, um, I have to, well, number one, I have a correction from episode. 18? 30. <laughs> 30? 30. Wow. I okay. said when we went on our epic road quest, this just shows you how far behind I am on our own podcast. Yeah. Current than everybody else's though. Um, <laughs> I said uh, that. NIU was in Champaign. It is not. It's in Rockford. And when I listen to myself say that, I'm like, it is not in Champaign. That's, that's like at the bottom of the state. That's because when the recording starts, we forget everything that we know ever. It's true. Also, Our- Nick informed me that Do- Domnog Gleason's name is actually pronounced Donnell. Donnell? Mm-hmm. Not Donald, but Donnell. Donnell? Mm-hmm. Not Domnall? Yep. He said he lived next to a bunch of Irish people, so he knows how to pronounce weird Irish names. Well, we will have to Google that to make sure he's correct. <laughs> I trust him. <laughs> Implicitly? Implicitly. Okay. And then my other confession is I was really slacking off and getting my homework done this week. Uh-huh. So my rewatch of this film is not very focused. <laughs> That's the word I'm going to use. So you're saying I have to carry the team? 
I remember a lot. Uh-huh. It's just I did not sit down and watch this as an, in its entirety without distractions. And, okay. and plenty of them. And possible walkaways from the TV. <laughs> or screen that I happened to be watching it on at the time. Uh-huh. Because I asked you at like 11 a.m. Uh-huh. Hey, Brad, did you do your homework? Um, I was just kidding. Yep. And, and, and you were little like, did you know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that I had started watching it last night. Fell asleep whilst watching it because uh-huh. I was up late playing video game. Uh-huh. And then uh, had to finish it whilst working at work. <laughs> yep. So it was on my third monitor. Yes, I have three monitors. Jesus. Feel jealous. And, I am uh, jealous. And uh, I was, yeah, watching it. Kind of with the volume. I had to mess with it all the time because this movie goes from very, very quiet to very, very loud. Uh-huh. But yeah. That's the David Lynch I got, way. I got my refresh. That's good. From the time I saw it the first time. Where I made you watch it. Yep. I wouldn't say made. Asked if I was interested in watching it. I said, sure. Uh, what you <laughs> did make me do was take a quiz at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and That's it was graded. <laughs> you kind of failed. <laughs> yes. Miserably. <laughs> My favorite pretentious thing is to ask people if they understood what happened in this movie and I then think, explain it to them. <laughs> I think I looked at you and said, no. I, I'm very confused. <laughs> By all the things. My favorite thing in the world, well, besides explaining this movie, is I really like writing. I really like trying to figure out what the fuck David Lynch is trying to do all the time. Uh-huh. It's a fun pastime. Is it? Because I'll never be correct fully. I'll never be fully correct. Does he say what he's doing or does he keep it a mystery? I think he explained this one fairly well. Yeah. But like, for example, like Twin Peaks season three, psh, he's not going to tell you jack shit. You just got to <laughs> go along for the ride, which it was a great ride. And I love every sing- single second of it, including the two minute scene of someone sweeping a bar. Uh huh. Um, Something which- happened. You missed it, though. I in those two minutes, no, there's something. It's literally just a dude sweeping. I'm telling you, there's something in the background. <laughs> I've watched it closely because I thought so too. You have to take it pixel by pixel. <laughs> and since you watch things in high definition, that's a lot of pixels. It is a lot of pixels. <laughs> um, but yeah, because I used to write really in depth analysis of of Twin Peaks episodes, and I did it all for the new season, and it was just fun to try and figure out what the fuck's going on. And I watched this movie, and I think it was brought to my attention because I'm really good at guessing what's happening in movies. Mm-hmm. And so I was, someone had me watch this movie to see if I could guess what was going on because I always do that in ruined movies. <laughs> right. That's why it was probably great that you got to, had to, or you had to go to that one movie theater in Texas where you were not allowed to speak at all. Well, I wish I could have spoken during Covenant. Yeah, but you would have given it up that That's it was true. a bad movie. That's true. I don't give up the quality of the movie. I just guess the plot really fast. <laughs> like Atomic Blonde, I knew what was happening in the first 10 minutes of that movie. I was like, oh, obviously. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. she's a bottle blonde. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I saw Venom on Tuesday. How was that? Uh, no spoilers. I enjoyed it a lot. That's I good. understand that it it had a lot of humor in it that was not 
intentionally meant to be humorous. Uh-huh. But that movie is hilarious. I heard that it's like it's it struggles to not know if it wants to be a funny movie or a serious movie. I just Venom And that Venom is very quippy. Venom is extremely quippy yeah. and the best. Oh. I love Tom Hardy, so I just my favorite I just want to say this one line from the movie. That's fine. Spoiler alert. Skip ahead 20 seconds. So after they do a thing, Venom says to him, he's like, great, jump. And then the next scene is he, you see him push the elevator button. And then Venom's like, pussy. (laughs) 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 Because they had just climbed up the entire side of a building to get into it. And it was just, uh, it was just great. Every Venom line is a winner. Yeah. Yeah, Venom and Deadpool together, you would... That would be good. I would enjoy that. You would lose your your bodily functions. You'd be on the floor (laughs) laughing, peeing and pooping yourself, (laughs) possibly vomiting because you're laughing so hard. Maybe that's why they don't team them up. Yeah, well, it was great. (laughs) And there were, of course, you know, there are two trailer things. One reveal for what the next movie will be, obviously. And then one at the end that I don't get why it was at the end. Was it the Spider-Man? Yeah. Into, that's because it's just Spider-Man and Spider-Man and Venom have a lot of relationships. Yeah. I guess they... I pulled. think they were just promoting that movie. I think so too, but it was like, you know, they sort of worked it in there, you know, in another universe sort of thing. It was just weird. Yeah. Because we saw the trailer into and then the we saw this thing. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. It looks good. I want to see that one. It looks cute. I feel bad for the Spider-Man it centers around. He doesn't have all the cool gadgets that Tony gets Spider-Man. Well, that's because Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man. Right. Give me pictures of Spider-Man. So you... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, boss. (laughs) Brad sends me pictures of Tom Holland all the time. I appreciate it. So you said you wrote 3,000 words on this hero? Uh, Let's see. And this was before This is before my fun facts. So total, it's a, oh, it's almost 4,000. So maybe, (laughs) okay, maybe we should jump into this one, Crystal. (laughs) Did I crystal it a little bit? It's almost (laughs) 4,000. So yeah. um, Can I tell you something? What? (laughs) (laughs) So the beginning of this so also, if you've never seen this movie before, you should not listen to this until you watch it because I don't want to ruin it for you because it's really good. Yeah, there's a quiz at the end. <laughs> there's a quiz at the end. Just I will watch come, it. Whenever you watch it, I will appear at your watch house it. the moment it is over and ask you what watch happened. Watch it. Imagine <laughs> Stephanie saying, you know, you don't even have to imagine it. <laughs> Stephanie. I will manifest. Say what you would say at the end of this movie. So what do you think happened? All right. Now you answer that question. <laughs> And then you listen to this podcast (laughs) and then figure out that either you're really smart and like David Lynch a lot and are as obsessed as Stephanie, or you're like me and (laughs) are just like, huh? (laughs) You can just enjoy it for what it is, too. It's still a cool movie. It's just fucking weird. Yeah, it takes that one turn. All right. So before you start watching, David Lynch offered 10 clues. Did he? To unlocking this thriller. Oh. If you have the DVD, that's what it says on the back. This is a fun fact to start the thing. Yeah, we're going to start it off to pay attention cool. to the clues. Okay. Pay attention in the beginning of the film, at least two clues are revealed before the credits. Okay. This is true. Notice appearances of the red lampshade. Okay. 
Number three, can you hear the title of the film that Adam Kesher is auditioning actresses for? Is it mentioned again? Mm-hmm. That one I don't remember. Okay. An accident is a terrible event. Notice the location of the accident. Uh-huh. Mulholland Drive. Right. <laughs> Sorry, giving it away. Yep. <laughs> also, it was a t- uh, Ford Prius. Uh-huh. No. Wow. That's no, not even a real car. A Ford, Ford Taurus. <laughs> a Ford Taurus. I just went along with it. I was like, I don't know cars. <laughs> My dad had that model of Ford Taurus back in some day that that model was around. I don't even know what it was, but continue. Who gives a key and why? Notice the robe, the ashtray, the coffee cup. <laughs> what is felt, realized, and gathered at Club Silencia? Well, felt is a fabric. Um, <laughs> the curtains are. <laughs> the curtains might be felt. <laughs> They're not, though. <laughs> Did They'd talon? Be satin. Yeah. Or velvet. They look or velvety. Velvet. Yeah, maybe velvet. It's probably velvet because blue velvet is his other movie. Okay. And it's about blue cur- blue velvet curtains. Anyway, I mean, that's not what it's about, but like there are blue it's about, velvet. It's about blue velvet <laughs> It's curtains. about curtains. And how they're made. Kyle McLaughlin It's David goes, Lynch's weirdest <laughs> movie ever. Kyle it's his episode of how it's made. <laughs> Kyle McLaughlin and Isabella Rossellini take you on a tour of a velvet curtain factory. <laughs> blue velvet curtain blue factory. Blue velvet curtain factory. Did talent alone help Camilla? 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 Spell like saying her name weird. <laughs> um, notice the occurrences surrounding the man behind Winkies. Okay. Where is Aunt Ruth? On vacation. Yes, exactly. Alrighty. Now that you've got the clues, <laughs> you can get rolling. Let's go. <sighs> Are you turning me down? <laughs> no, I was fixing your low end. Oh, okay. Your clap made me realize that you might probably have a little bit much deep on you. I clapped excitedly. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. So we start off. Oh God, I feel like it's just, I wish I had the music. I wish you could all watch it with me right now. I just want to like take our podcast listeners and just have them sit on the couch and watch the movie with me. I don't want them to listen to me talk about it. If we ever get it. enough listeners, our podcast. <laughs> It's going to be a movie and a podcast then, right? When we do live shows, if we yeah, do live we'll do shows. a live show. We'll just play this, and I'll just comment like, "Wow, guys, did you see that?" No, you can't talk during a movie. That's so what the Flophouse guys do. It'll be oh, okay. I suppose we. It's can like do a that. commentary, and we all talk. We watch. We're like, "Look at that!" Hey, like that's what we'll do. Okay. Hey, look at that! I'll be like, "Look at look that red lampshade." And I'll see. Uh huh. I'll just have a soundboard. <laughs> I'll I'll pull a right, right. <laughs> your soundboard. Yeah, I'll just sit there and push a button while I enjoy the movie. Okay. That's how it starts. I had to set the scene. Yes, with the uh, with the the jitterbug. The jitterbug. The jitterbug contest. We see all these people doing the jitterbug over a purple background, and then after we see a bunch of people dancing, then we see Naomi Watts's bright, smiling face come into focus, and there's some some grandparents there with her smiling with her, and that's adorable. Uh huh. And she's very happy, and she's waving and smiling. She's won the contest. Yay! Woohoo! Good job, Naomi. Way to do it. And then we cut to a first person point of view of someone lying down on a red pillowcase. And then we're driving mm-hmm. on Mahalan Drive. <laughs> and a long t- stretch. Am I being too dramatic? Did I talk about my Mahalan Drive 
trip one time. You did. Okay. It was scary. About how I almost died. <laughs> yep. And instead of saying we don't stop here, you said we do actually we stop here. We need to stop here. <laughs> Please get, let me the fuck out of this car. <laughs> but that's why I know that it is so hazardous. Was it a stretch limo? Let's pretend it was so it's cooler. Or was it a Ford Taurus? <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Were you standing out? I bet I could look up, at my Uber history and of figure the, uh, it out. Were you standing up through the sunroof? No. Waving your I was hands sitting and... in the back like. <laughs> I was wearing this shirt actually. Your Stark My Stark, Stark Industry shirt. There you go. Because um, I went hiking in this. Anyway. Because okay. I took Mulholland Drive to Runyon Canyon because there's an. I thought I was going to the re- regular entrance but they took me to the back entrance which is on Mulholland Drive and then I went into Runyon Canyon. There you go. It was weird. Were you listening to music when there's rattlesnakes around? I, I did. I remember that. I did. Safety first. That's how I roll. <laughs> anyway, a beautiful woman is in the back of a fancy car driving down the scary winding roads that will probably kill you if you go too fast on them. Right. Be careful, people in Los Angeles. I wrote a note. Let me tell you about those winding roads. I already did. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. Um, and then the car comes to a slow stop. We don't stop here. <laughs> Thank you. That's Brad's favorite line. Uh huh. <laughs> I like it. After we watched it the first time, you said it a lot, and it makes me laugh every time you do. <laughs> we don't stop here. And then a car comes screeching and screaming by. Uh huh. Which we got a couple cuts of it in and out before. There's and two of them. Two cars. Yeah, a couple yeah. people racing. I'm they're assuming. racing down Mulholland Drive, which is very unsafe, everyone. It's very scary and winding. And they're outside of the sunroofs waving and screaming <laughs> to people. <laughs> which just, you know, I'm just going to say, in this scene, I think half of the people that were standing up through the sunroof were still in the car, while the other half might have been out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> in different locations of the street. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. <laughs> and then... The driver of this beautiful woman's car turns around and points a gun at her. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy gets out and tries, and he, as he's about to pull her out of the car, those racing yeah. cars come by and crash into them. Yep. She's thrown to safety for the most part. In the seat in front of her, because it is a stretch limo. Yes. And then, but the other guy's not so much. Uh, she kind of stumbles away, dazed and confused, bleeding from the head. Mm-hmm. And then she's she walks down the hill. The hill. That's a fucking steep hill, man. Is it? It is. It's so steep. I'm assuming this is because Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive goes curves up. up. It goes up Windy to the canyon. Up. Yeah. Okay. So that's why, because like that's where all the rich people live like that's that's where they have all of their like because you can see the hollywood sign from there that's where all the like big houses are on the big hills all around all the pretty lights in the night scene are at the bottom of the hill stephanie i know and that's just downtown la and that's where she wanted to be she did so she wanders down the hill stumbles away which girls in heels props to her they weren't that that high they were kind of shorties still those that hill is dangerous (laughs) rattlesnakes brad Yep. Well, she didn't have her earbuds in. <laughs> so she was okay. She was okay. She would have heard him coming. <laughs> um, and then she is wandering around, and then she sees some people kind of dancing down the sidewalk, which this reminded me, this is just for other Lynch nerds, uh-huh. reminded me of a scene in Blue Velvet where 
uh, Kyle MacLachlan and Laura Dern are walking down the sidewalk and being silly. Anyway. Okay. Sidebar. Sidebar. But then she sees these people coming and then she hides in the bushes and then goes to sleep on Sunset Boulevard. Okay. And then we get to see Robert Forster, who has one full minute of screen time. He is a sheriff. Uh-huh. He's also a sheriff in Twin Peaks season three. Okay. You look familiar. Sheriff Frank Truman. Uh-huh. He's Harry's brother, his older brother. Sorry, I get excited now. The Twin Peaks references. Because fun fact, I'll give you this one first. Yes. This is like Stephanie tells a podcast and Brad reacts. <laughs> Please, more facts. Um, originally, Mulholland Drive was supposed to be a, a spinoff pilot for Twin Peaks. And it was going to be about Audrey following her dreams to L.A. to be an actress. Oh, interesting. I have more details about that later. But okay. just so you know, I think that Mulholland Drive is in the same universe as Twin Peaks. But different part of the country. But in LA, yes. <laughs> but I feel like the lore is very similar in it. Okay. Like, when we get to Club Silencio, I think that is an alternate Black Lodge. Gotcha. Anyway. It does have curtains. Those red curtains, man. So they investigate the crash, the car crash. They find some pearl earrings in the back seat. Mm-hmm. And they just say, could be someone's missing. <laughs> what? And then that's the last we see of this that's guy, That's the right? last we ever see them. The next morning, the woman is watching as an older woman leaves to go on a trip. They're kind of like lugging her luggage into the car so she knows that she's not completely done yet. So Right, a couple handbags, a makeup bag, a small coffin. And, uh, and some carry-on <laughs> luggage. Uh-huh. So she takes her chance and dashes into the house because the door's open, and then she hides inside of it. And then the older woman kind of looks around and then leaves. Grabbed her keys, I think. hmm And left. Yep. Meanwhile, at Winky's Diner, mm-hmm. which I really regret that I didn't go when I was in L.A., but I only had so much time. Okay. Because I wanted to investigate. If they had some good coffee? Yep. <laughs> Patrick Fischler, who is an actor that's been in a million things. You may know him as the Uts guy from Mad Men, but he was also in Twin Peaks season three. Mm-hmm. And he's been in a million other things. He's there with his buddy recounting a dream he had. Um, and he says, well, it's the second one I've had, but they were both the same. They start out that I'm in here, but it's not day or night. It's kind of half night, but it looks just like this except for the light. But I'm scared like I can't tell you. Of all people, you're standing right over there by that counter. You're in both dreams, and you're scared. I, give, I get even more frightened when I see how afraid you are, and then I realize what it is. There's a man in the back of this place. He's the one. He's the one that's doing it. I can see him through the wall. I can see his face, and I hope I never see that face outside a dream. So he seems to be at Winkies to confront his dream or something. Right. And his friend is like, okay, dude. (laughs) (laughs) And so he gets up to go to the counter to pay, and then that kind of freaks him out because that's where he had seen him in his dream paying at the counter. Right. And so then his friend helps him go outside, and then they slowly walk towards the back of the building. Right. They walk past a payphone. Yep. And then go down some stairs. The music starts getting creepier uh-huh. and creepier. There's some dumpsters and a graffitied wall. And as he approaches, he gets 
even more and more scared. He's like sweating profusely. He is. And then, boom, this crazy creature appears from the corner. I know. I'd be scared too. I know. Because anybody that puts that much fecal matter all over their face (laughs) is bound to get you sick. We have heard so many things about the fecal oral route. And I'm going to tell you, that poop-covered person, stay away from them. Yeah. And then Patrick Fischler just kind of like faints. So he's basically like scared to death. He did die. He died immediately. I'm pretty sure. Because the guy checked his pulse. I was curious if that was a... I think he just... I think he died. Because he confronted whatever the fuck that is. I don't think it was a guy. I think it was a woman. It is a woman. Okay. Mm-hmm. But in the but they call it a man in the poop poop man. She's gonna say poop <laughs> all over her. We get another Twin Peaks person. The I call him the man from the other place or the man from another place who's in the Black Lodge in Twin Peaks who does who wears the red suit and does a little jig. Right. He's sitting in a giant chair and wondering. Oh hi, Sookie. <laughs> She's contributing. She is. He's wondering what happened to the girl. Mm-hmm. He calls someone who calls another person mm-hmm. who then calls another person. And then we see the red lamp. And that's how everybody finds out that school's canceled the next day due to inclement weather. Because the phone tree is an accurate way to inform all parents of school closures. <laughs> uh-huh. That's true. That's what happened in grade school. <laughs> Good. All right. Now we're going to meet Betty. Okay. <laughs> Naomi Watts is Betty. Yep. She's just arrived in LA. <laughs> Sookie's shut up. I feel like she's judging me. She is. She's like, you've watched this movie so many times. Sookie. Hey. No, she's not going to look at you now. She's, 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 she's ashamed. Fine. I won't pet you then. (laughs) Betty is so excited and so dreamy, and she's wearing a pink cardigan and everything so magical. Oh Mm -hmm. my God, I'm in LA. I'm going to be an actress. Ah. Uh And she's walking down with this elderly couple that she met on the plane. And then she says goodbye to them and gets in her cab, and then they get in their own car. And (laughs) they're just fucking weird. (laughs) They're just like grinning at each other and like patting each other's legs. And the music call, is super fucking creepy. I wouldn't call it grinning as much as it was just weird. Like the the lady's mouth was just agape showing teeth. Yeah. Yeah, like that. Exactly. <laughs> Can you guys see it? <laughs> they should. <laughs> so Betty <laughs> My cat is crazy. <laughs> Betty drives through Los Angeles to an apartment. Mm-hmm. The same one that the mysterious woman went to. Ooh. <laughs> You're really trying to sell I'm this spoopy thing. Build aren't you? tension. Okay. <laughs> uh, she arrives. Also, I'm holding my computer really weirdly, but I can see my notes better. <laughs> but typing would be a pain that way. Yeah, but I'm not typing. I'm just reading notes. So she arrives, and this woman greets her mm-hmm. named Coco. Ten bucks says you're Betty. She says, Coco shows her to her aunt's apartment and blathers on about dog poop and stuff. Right. I don't know, kangaroo poop, etc. Right, because the apartment needs to have her opinion to make opinion of its own. Right. Because she shows her to her aunt's apartment. Uh-huh. I'm taking a word play on that one. Uh-huh. 
It's a funny joke. Good job. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Betty is enamored with the apartment and wanders through it, and then she sees a woman's dress, shoes, and purse on the floor, mm-hmm. which she thinks is kind of weird, and then she goes into the bathroom, and the mysterious woman is in the shower, naked, which is usually how you shower. So Right, unless you're in sense. weird science and you wear your <laughs> jeans and socks. I mean... You're never nude. Yeah, or you're never nude and you wear your jean shorts. <laughs> she tries, she doesn't understand. She's just like, oh, I'm sorry, are you a friend of my Aunt Ruth's? She didn't tell me anybody would be here. And the woman says, there was an accident. I came here. And Betty doesn't really think anything is very weird about this at all. And she's just super polite about it. Well, she's from Midwest rural I think she's town. from Montana. No, no, no. She's from Canada or something. Okay. She says it at some point. Oh, okay. Wherever it is, it's a rural <laughs> town, I'm assuming. Because she's, she's so innocent. I have to. Oh, here it is. I just saw it. Deep River, Ontario. There you go. Okay. So she asks her her name, but the woman doesn't know. So she just kind of leaves her alone like, oh, okay, just enjoy your shower. Mm -hmm. And then the woman sees a movie poster and decides that that will be her name. So she tells Betty that her name is Rita. And Betty tells her that she wants to be known as a great actress, but wouldn't complain about being a famous movie star. Oh, my God. It was literally my next note. She's from Deep River, Ontario. I just scrolled through (laughs) to find it in a different place. Yeah. (laughs) That's all my fault. I take full responsibility for that. It's okay. She says she's from Deep River, Ontario, and now she's in this dream place. Oh, Stephanie's waggling her eyebrows. This seems like a hint. <laughs> I just didn't catch that before. I just caught it this time. Okay. <laughs> Rita starts to faint a little bit, and Betty helps her to bed. Um, she's like, you probably shouldn't sleep because you have a concussion. And she's like, yeah, it's fine. I'll go to sleep. Mm-hmm. She slept the night before, no problem. She did. It was fine. Um, she lies down, and Betty covers her with a big blanket, which is very nice of her. I think it's a robe. A robe? It was like a velvety... I think it was the because she's wearing the robe later. That's right. It's a robe. And it had like a little note from her aunt, right. safety pin to it. Like, enjoy your time, or enjoy the weekend, or yeah, enjoy the place. Yeah, something like that. Um, stay away from hoodlums. Stay away from creepy people in the back of Winkies. Don't date anybody from the T-Birds. Yep. <laughs> Now we're at the movie studio. Okay. Are you following? I am. This is the uh, when they're trying to, what I can only assume. This is the girl. Okay. Um, yeah. So the guy that comes to the movie meeting is Angelo Badalam- Badalamati, okay. which is David Lynch's composer. Okay. The espresso man. Right. That's Angelo. Okay. And he does all the scores for, he did the score for this movie. He did the score for all of Twin Peaks, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So just... Fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. Yep. He arrives at the meeting. Justin Thoreau, who plays Adam Kesher, who's like a movie director. Mm-hmm. He's also at this meeting. I also love Justin Thoreau in this movie. Just also in general. Side he, fact. He's dreamy. Not so much dreamy. I just think he's great. You this like his transition really... lenses that go dark in the I sun? I love his transition and... lenses. Okay. I love his crazy hairline. <laughs> it's like a point. He's also, did you watch Maniac yet on Netflix? No. Okay, he's in that, and he's really funny. Okay. And he's also in a lot of things that are funny. Anyway, and he made some Marvel stuff. Anyway, okay. (laughs) He's friends with Robert Downey Jr. Okay. Oh, yeah, he made Iron Man too. Fun fact. Nothing special. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was downplaying it. Don't get offended. I'm gonna get offended. I, I, was, just, I was trying to, you know, Brad, I was trying I to downplay how I awesome he is. Take, <laughs> I don't take those things lightly. I am so sorry. <laughs> I did not mean to pull that. That made it be like me saying that uh, Muhammad Ali, yeah, that Ali was just an okay boxer, mm. you know, even though he's the greatest there ever was. Right. <laughs> just kidding. So Adam Kesher, a.k.a. Justin Thoreau. Yep. Sorry. Um, they're at a movie studio waiting to hear suggestions for his leading role in his movie. Mm-hmm. Angelo Badalabati and his friend are called the Castigliani brothers, which I thought was funny because they have the word cast in their name uh-huh. and they're casting someone. Right. It's probably intentional. Most likely. I assume so. Sometimes David Lynch does things on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, David Lynch. They pull out a headshot of a girl that says her name's Camilla mm-hmm. and Justin throws like, what the fuck's this? I don't know. Whatever. Um, also, everyone seems to be very panicked about giving Angelo some espresso. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, I don't know. It's very, it's like a really weird side plot that it's like one of my favorite parts of this movie. It's like one of my favorite scenes. So stupid. Do you think he's ever had a cup of cappuccino that he really liked? I don't think so. Okay. Or maybe he did in Italy. Uh, but... They ask him, the little, like, waiter guy asks him his order, and he says, espresso. But he's, like, so quiet. Right. And then the other guy, who has crazy eyebrows. Well, everyone has crazy eyebrows in the scene. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, nothing. Right. <laughs> Everyone's just, like, really quiet. And it's really funny. They're so desperate to try to please Angelo's needs, espresso needs. And, uh, and then Justin Thoreau is like, I don't give a shit about this. And he goes, what's the photo for? <laughs> Which is my favorite delivery of that line. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I emphasize the what because that's what he does. <laughs> they say it's not a recommendation. This is the girl. Right. This is the girl. Because you're going you're gonna to do what we say. Yeah. When you, when you deal with the mafia, you pick what we say you pick. Oh, yeah. That's that guy. Good job with his crazy eyebrows. There you go. The nervous waiter man. Brings Angelo his espresso mm-hmm. and a napkin after he goes, napkin. Of course. You need, you, you need, you need, you need the napkin. Napkin. So that you can, uh. I'm sorry, I'm whispering sure, too quietly. <laughs> so you can be sure that, uh, he has something to do what happens. Uh, he picks up his napkin and presses it over his palm. He picks up his espresso cup. He takes a very dainty sip. Uh-huh. And then he, like, opens his mouth and lets it dribble all out over the napkin. Uh-huh. And then the music is, like, so dramatic. Uh-huh. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so dumb, but it cracks me up. Um, and he just, like, sp- like, spits it out, the rest of it. It's just so intense. And everyone's yelling and getting up, and they're so stressed out because he didn't like the espresso. Imagine you just came back from the dentist and you really got all hopped up on the uh, whatever it is, lidocaine, and then you tried to have a drink of water. That's basically how he allowed the espresso to exit his mouth, as if the bottom half of his face did not work. (laughs) There you go. Exactly. I paint such a pretty picture. You did. It was beautiful. Thank you. 
And Justin Theroux is like, no, like, what is what is this photo? Like, what's going on? And they just keep saying, this is the girl. It's no longer your film. This is the girl. This is the girl. This is the girl. They say it like 50 times. Okay. Adam, Justin Theroux. Adam is outraged. He takes a golf club and he starts bashing a car. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think their car. It was their car. Their car. I believe he asked the driver if it was his car. Right. That's right. And then he starts bashing the windshield. And then he jumps into his little convertible and drives away. His Porsche. His por- is that what it was? I believe it was a Porsche. Thank you. You're welcome. Now we get to inept assassinations. Yep. <laughs> Probably the best part of this movie. Is this your favorite scene? Movie. <laughs> really? I, just, I just don't understand why really? he needed to continue on. <laughs> More so than lesbians. <laughs> Where we see Naomi's Watts. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> We see her Watts a lot, this movie. (laughs) Anyway, there's this long-haired guy giggling at his desk. And he's another scruffy-looking guy chatting with him, like, leaning on a file cabinet. They're in this tiny little office. Mm -hmm. They're chatting about life and someone's famous black book. And then the scruffy guy shoots the long-haired guy at the desk with a silencer. Right. And then he's trying to put the gun in his hand. To make it look like it was a suicide, but also that's stupid because it's a silencer. Anyway. Maybe he wanted to die alone. <laughs> Quietly. <laughs> yeah. He didn't, he didn't want to disturb anybody else. <laughs> it's like, don't worry, everyone. I want to have a very quiet death. <laughs> exactly. Um, so he puts it in his hand to look like a suicide, but he accidentally shoots the wall and hits someone. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, man. <laughs> uh-huh. Just, he, he just hears, could have left it that way. Yeah, because I mean, he, he hears someone scream. He could have taken the exit he was going to take. and He could have. And just been done. He could have. And then he goes into the other room to see what happened. And this woman's like, ah, something bit me real bad. Yeah. <laughs> so then he grabs her and he tries to kill her. Right. And she's a rather heavy set woman. So she overpowers him because oh, yes, she's she so much bigger than him. And, probably, and seems stronger. I and way add. stronger. Yeah. She like kicks his ass basically as she's fighting back. And then he tries, he gets a, an arm around her neck and he drags her into the hallway. Right. And then a janitor is in the hallway and uh-huh. sees him dragging this woman into another room. And then he and he's says like, she's really hurt. And yeah. Call the hospital. She's hurt. come here and call the hospital. I can't do everything myself. Yeah, that's what he says. Yeah. And the janitor seems unconvinced, but still curious. <laughs> yep. So he, as any janitor would do, vacuums his way over to that office. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> can't stop your job for curiosity uh-huh. um he shoots the woman double he, tap yeah it's a kills... rule in zombie land yeah of course and <clears throat> then the janitor comes in and he shoots the janitor and then the vacuum is still going so then he shoots the vacuum because why walk over two feet to turn it off i mean and then there's some electrical crackling and then the fire alarm goes <laughs> yep and then he escapes through the window on the right. fire escape. After making sure he's wiped all his fingerprints down. Yes. Of course. He, gets, he grabs the bag with the black book that he wanted and then he leaves. Right. So the most inept mm-hmm. assassin ever. Takes three Hitman. people out for one person and a book. Mm-hmm. Good job. And made a right mess about it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the <laughs> lesbians, future lesbians. The thespians? The thespians? <laughs> they are, too. They, they are. are that. Betty is on the phone with her aunt, and she mentions her friend Rita. But her aunt doesn't know a Rita. 
Of course not. So she's just like, okay, whatever. Um, Rita wakes up and she starts crying because she doesn't know who she is. She, Betty's trying to help her remember. Mm-hmm. She opens her purse and they find a shitload of money in there. Yep. So and obviously her name is... Moneybags Jackson? McGee? Andrew Jackson? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even remember what the bills were. Hundreds? Hundreds, probably. Who's on the $100 bill? That guy. Benjamin? No. Franklin? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I think it's Benjamin Franklin. I don't have cash. I don't know. Who has cash anymore? And hundreds at that. Mm-hmm. She also finds a strange blue key. Of course. But she doesn't remember anything. Right. Inept hitman is eating a hot dog and walking with a girl who has a lot of bruises on her arms. And they just ask her if she knows about a if they've seen a brunette on the street, which I assume means Rita. Okay. Because they're looking for her and they were trying to take her out, but they failed and she's out there still. Hey, you know, no means no. You asked if you could take her out. She said no. <laughs> she said, we don't stop here. <laughs> And you just had to try to push it. <laughs> <laughs> While driving around in his Porsche, Adam's assistant tells him that they fired everyone on his movie set and he decides to go home instead of go and deal with that. Good choice. Anyway. Oh, I'll skip. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back to Betty because I'll just continue on this part. Um, Adam gets home to mm-hmm. find his wife is sleeping with the pool man. Mm-hmm. He takes her jewelry box and a bucket of pink paint and just dumps it all over her stuff. Yep. She comes, she gets dressed, she comes in and screams and they fight and gets, they get paint all over each other. And then the guy, the pool guy punches him and literally throws him out of his house. Yep. Yep. <laughs> picks him up and tosses him. And then, uh, yeah. And he goes back to his car and is pink, covered in pink paint. Back to the thespians. <laughs> yes, please. I'm just... <laughs> you come home to your wife cheating on you, and your way of getting back is to pour pink paint all over her jewelry. Yep. I just... I don't get it. You don't have to get it. It's just weird. It is weird. But okay, let's continue. We're back with the thespians. Mm-hmm. I'll say why it doesn't matter soon, why he did what he did. <laughs> okay. Betty says, I wonder where you were going. And Rita says, Mulholland Drive. That's the name of the movie, Brad. That is the name of the movie. Oh, my God. What do you, what, okay. <laughs> we see that sign at the very beginning, well, not the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. But yeah. N- after the jitterbug. The yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm just being silly. Why didn't you just embrace <laughs> it? God, I'm just trying to be silly. Um... <laughs> Rita, or not Rita, Betty suggests that they figure out what, like, try to figure out what happened, like, call the police from a payphone anonymously, Mm -hmm. because then they can find out if there was an accident. And she says, it'll be just like the movies. We can pretend to be someone else. Well, there you go. That's what actors do. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at you pointedly. Because, you think I have the chops to be an actor? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're the best. Uh-huh. Here exactly I come, Avengers 4. Oh, wait, they wrapped up filming on that. That's okay. It's There's more to, to come, I'm sure. I don't think they're all done. You just go to go to Atlanta right now. They're still there. I'll go to the reshoots. They're <sighs> still doing stuff down there. I'll be the new Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> Great plan. 
I've been working out. I'm going to look at my arm as I'm flexing. Like when you grab a helicopter out of the sky. Right, but this time I'll just, I'll grab a Humvee and be holding it there and be like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I don't remember Steve making those noises. (laughs) Well, they edit those out. Oh, okay. He was holding a helicopter. Yeah. Rita and Betty decide to hide all that money that she found in her purse in a hat box in the closet. And then they go to Winkies. Uh huh. And they find a payphone and call the police, which is a payphone that that guy walked by earlier. Oh, inter- oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. I, that's I'm why I mentioned there. it. Okay. Gotcha. They find out that there was an accident on Mahalan Drive, but that's all the police will tell them. Right. They try to get more info and they're like, what is your name? And she's like, bye. Yep. At the diner, a woman named Diane serves them coffee. She says her name out loud. And Rita seems very distracted by the name. Right. And then she suddenly remembers the name Diane Selwyn. So they get a phone book and find her name and call her, call the number Uh D. Selwyn. That's attached to D. Selwyn. But when the machine picks up, it's not Rita's voice. So they don't. Not her. So it's not her. Gotcha. Uh, Meanwhile, back at Adam's house, some big mafia dudes are trying to find him. (laughs) And kind of burst into the house, and the wife, still covered in paint, is kind of fed up, and start, and she jumps on his shoulders and starts trying to beat him. Mm-hmm. But the he's guy hardly phased. Yeah, the, like a mosquito. He's on like his a arm. big ass dude. He's he's not big. He's huge. He's like Hulk size. Yeah, he's Hulk level. Just less green. Less green. He is like a literal Hulk. Maybe a little pink now if the paint wasn't dry. But, yeah, you know. <laughs> so funny. Uh, don't worry. Pool boy's on his way to defend her honor. Oh, yeah. He um, gets laid out immediately. <laughs> yeah. The, the big guy punches the wife from behind, like, barely even notices. And then, yeah, then he punches the pool yep. guy, too. And then we continue on with the famous scene from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, where he's just saying a name over and over again, waiting for somebody to tell him how so-and-so's cousin of so-and-so who's friends with so-and-so saw him at the diner with so-and-so and and got really sick (laughs) Uh uh-huh and that's why he's not home yep so adam is staying at a hotel and a guy with a big old mustache named cookie Uh goes to check on him and tells him his credit's been canceled and he's maxed out at his bank so he can't even pay cash so he has no money right now he's having a very bad day yes what happens when you cross the mafia (laughs) yeah um i'm assuming yeah it's never made obvious that that's it but it's very mafia like the way they conduct business like his assistant calls him and tells him to meet the cowboy at the ranch Uh uh-huh that's where you always meet cowboys Mm -hmm. they work at ranches adam goes to meet the cowboy Mm -hmm. still covered in pink paint right he seems very amused by the idea he does. He's not taking it seriously at all. Of being covered in pink paint? No, of meeting the cowboy at the ranch. Oh, okay. Uh, we get some, some driving scenes. Lynch loves his driving scenes, which you just watch a road go by. Uh-huh. It adds to the uh, tension. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Lost Highway? No. That's I own the lot. soundtrack, though. The soundtrack's great. Lots of Rammstein. <laughs> or Rammstein. However you say I it. I don't know how to say it. Know. I'm not German. Neither am I. But that movie's good, and there's a lot of driving scenes, because obviously it's about a highway that's been lost. Oh, well, yeah. That's the plot. You just gotta find the highway. (laughs) Most movies you can figure out by their title. (laughs) Really? What's this one about? It's about Mulholland Drive. (laughs) 
<laughs> Good job. Obviously. Come on. Right, Suki? I mean, my favorite reveal this week on Twitter was the f- real name to, uh, to Avengers 4. Register to vote? Yep. <laughs> Avengers 4, register to vote. And who was that by? That Mark was Ruffalo. Ruff- yeah, so we, since we know that he's banned from all sorts of media, the person that they make the Mark Ruffalo Twitter handle person during the, the blackout time that he's allowed to talk. No, that's definitely him now. Oh, they, he recently came back to the social media like a week or two ago. And you know what he did? And he's safe? He, what? What did they, they, they must have put him in some sort of camp to no. train him how so to not So he went talk. on Jimmy Kimmel? Uh-huh. Jimmy Fallon? Jimmy somebody, okay. Some, one of the late night talk shows. Colbert? Well, his name's not Jimmy, so I don't know why <laughs> you would confuse him with Jimmy. I'm trying to remember whose face went. Anyway, okay. some generic white man <laughs> that okay. does a late night show. Conan. Not, it was not Conan. Yeah, because he's not generic. Right, I love But him. he sure is white. He's very white. <laughs> um, he was like, hey, everybody, you guys want to know the Avengers 4 title? And he's like, it's out there, right? And everyone was like, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he said it. We don't know, if, but we don't know if it's real or not. They bleeped him. They uh-huh. like put a bar over his mouth and bleeped him when he said it. Right. It must have been a joke. Yeah, because I think it's a joke. And because especially the next thing he said was, and I can't believe in the final battle when B. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so Mark Ruffalo must know that he's a little spoily boy now. By the way spoily you have described this, it sounds like it would have been on Stephen Colbert. That would be I think a Stephen it was, Colbert. I think it was Fallon. Oh, well, it could be a Fallon I thing, I think it too. was Fallon. Either, either one of those two. It's the top two night yeah. shows. Okay. So he, so yeah, I think he jokingly spoiled it. Right. But on Twitter, he was just like, hey, can you like make sure you bleep it when it airs? Because I didn't mean to say those things and I'm not allowed to say those things. <laughs> and then the Russo brothers responded, Mark, you're fired. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Okay. I saw the you're fired tweet and I didn't see any of the other things. You didn't thing. know the context. I didn't go look for the context. Yeah. I just laughed. And Mark was like, guys, can we talk about this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah. So they're laying it. They're, see, Marvel Studios is uh, really playing it up of the yeah. mistakes and now having know, fun with it now. Now they know that Mark is spoiler dad and Tom is spoiler son. And they just know, they're just like, let's just give them fake spoilers. Yeah, let's have fun with it. We'll get them in on the prank, and everybody's uh-huh. going to think they're going to give it away, and we'll just confuse yeah. everybody and keep it the best secret ever. That's probably what they're doing. We're not capable of being as good at secret keeping as Apple. Yep. Anyway, back to Mulholland Drive. So Adam is going to meet the cowboy. He goes to a ranch, the lights start flickering, uh-huh. and then the cowboy appears. They kind of have a silly back and forth where the cowboy's trying to make sure he's understanding him, and... And Adam's just kind of laughing a little bit. And he's like, what did I just say? And then he repeats it back immediately. Okay. So he was listening. Gotcha. Um, and then the cowboy gives him the instructions. Okay. I want you to go back to work tomorrow. You were recasting the lead actress anyway. Audition many girls for the part. When you see the girl that was shown to you earlier today, you will say, this is the girl. The rest of the cast can stay. That is up to you. But that lead girl is, up, is not up to you. Now, you will see me one more time if you do good. Uh-huh. You will see me two more times if you good, do bad. Good night. Uh, all right. <laughs> and then he disappears into the shadows. Oh, because he was at that casting call, right? The cowboy. The cowboy? Was he at the casting call? When? When he, when he says the line he was told he had to say. This is the girl. 
Oh, you mean was he at the scene when they're auditioning the actresses? Yeah. He's not in that part. All right. Well, now I don't know what the second one would have been. Well, the I first know. one would have made sense if he was there. That would be the one time you see me, you do good, and we're done. And then two would have been, you do bad, you will see me again. And for a brief moment, when I murder you. <laughs> <laughs> we do see him one more time later. Okay. The next day, Betty and Rita are practicing a scene for an audition she has. Mm-hmm. Betty um, has an audition. Betty has an audition. Okay. She goes to her audition and she has to do this like kind of sexy scene with an overly tanned, greasy man. Mm-hmm. But she was really good. Mm-hmm. Like I think she nailed it. I think he fell for it. He did fall for it. She was really good. She had real tears. Like she, I really don't like that scene though. I always skip it when I watch it. Is it because it it's an older un- man and a it makes me uncomfortable woman? because he's like gross and I feel like it's really exploitative, which I'm sure is the point. Right. Um, but it always makes me uncomfortable to watch that part because like she's so good, but it's like you just know that there's all these people like surrounding them, watching them have this like intimate moment, and it's, it's also like a creepy plot line. It's how casting works. Yeah, it's just weird. So the director's there. Yeah, everybody's Maybe a couple's there. hands. Maybe the person who does wardrobe. You know. Mm-hmm. People paying for it. Make yeah. sure they're getting what they, what they think they're paying for. Right. Janice, who gets you coffee. <laughs> I want coffee. Not right now. But <laughs> some, everybody thanks her and, you know, like, oh, yeah, that was pretty good. And, like, they're telling her that. And then some women walk her out of the audition. The door closes and then everyone inside is like, oh my God, that was a slam dunk. Where did you find her? She's amazing. Uh-huh. The women walking Betty out are like, Psh, that movie's never going to get made. Like, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> She's like, oh, boo. But they decide to take her across the street to meet a director for a picture she'd be perfect for. And then we see a girl singing a 60s song called 16 Reasons Why I Love You. Mm-hmm. I love, I enjoy that song. It's a good song. And then we realize that this is Adam's movie and he's auditioning people for the role, mm-hmm. for the lead role. Um, Betty and Adam kind of lock eyes and there seems to be some sort of recognition, but it's unclear what the, what that recognition what is. is. Okay. In my opinion. Right. When I initially watched this movie, I thought it was like an, oh, he wants her to be in this movie. Uh-huh. He likes her. But now that I know what's going on, I think it's not that at all. It was just the hormones speaking? No, it's not hormones. Look at those blue eyes and blonde hair. Mm-mm. No, gross. Okay, all right. <laughs> I think it's something deeper, and it's Betty, and it's on Betty's side. Ah. And she wants to escape ASAP because of what's really going on under the surface of this whole thing. Right, because once you get stuck in SAP, you're there forever, and then later they're going to they'll pull out your DNA and then make a Betty clone because you were stuck in sap, which later is called Amber after, you know, several millions of years. And then we'll have Betty Island and uh, Jeff Goldblum will say, you know, you have the power of God, but you didn't consider whether or not you should have made Betty's. <laughs> and, then, and then life um, finds a way. When Betty manages to get pregnant all by herself without Ken's, who obviously would be the boys that they didn't make. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's it. See? Good job. Got it all figured out. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, Brad. (laughs) 
The next girl that comes into audition is the is the girl we saw on the picture, the headshot, Camilla uh-huh. Rhodes. She sings a song, a 50s song called I've Told Every Little Star. Right. Adam watches her and he seems to really wrestle with his decision. But he eventually, you know. Says the line. Crooks, crooks his finger and has a guy come over and says, this is the girl. <laughs> he's very much like not convinced, but he's like, whatever. And then this creepy old man says, excellent choice, Adam. Does he say it like that? Yes. Excellent choice, Adam. <laughs> he does. Now we will build the death ray. <laughs> he kind of looks like uh, Emperor Palpatine. Turn to the dark side of the force. Turn to the dark side, Adam. <laughs> Betty locks eyes with Adam again and then pieces out. Yeah. Peace. Peace. Rita and Betty go to Diane Selwyn's apartment, but they find a different woman living there who says she recently switched apartments with her, which is really weird. You know. You just like a switch. Can you just switch apartments with people? It's super weird. Well, if you live in the same complex, sometimes I'll allow that. You know, you know, yeah. Just, you know, I'd rather live here. She'd rather live there. Can we just keep our lease and yeah. do a swap? And sure, why not? They're getting their money. I suppose. I feel like I wouldn't know my neighbor well enough to know that I'd want to live in their apartment okay, rather than mine. Right. I don't interact with any of my neighbors. I'm sure they took their furniture with them. It's not like, you know, right. I'll be you, you'll be me. I know that. I'm aware, Brad. <laughs> they just must have been kind of friends to even know that the other's apartment, they wanted to live in the other person's apartment, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. Maybe one of them has is a light sleeper and there's a lot of crickets by the other pr- pr- apartment. Crickets. So, and, <laughs> or, or, or one was Or one was closer to the uh, road and the road noise kept the one awake. So they agreed to make the Get switch because the other one is the deeper sleeper. Mm-hmm. Deeper sleeper. Yeah, it's a new villain in the uh, Marvel Universe, deeper sleeper. <laughs> what is his power? Oh, he really tires you out with long-winded, boring conversation. Oh. Uh. But yeah. you get the best night's sleep you ever had. That sounds lovely, actually. Yeah. No, not really, because he's kind of monotoned. So through the whole movie, you're going to be listening to, I will do things to you that you do not understand. You will do things that you didn't. Yes, exactly. Right there. <laughs> and everybody's sleeping in the theater. Uh-huh. And then it's a, just a big conspiracy by the MCU to help pay for the next movies by robbing everyone while you're knocked <laughs> out. But I just want Deeper Sleeper to visit me and tell me a story and put me to bed. You made an excellent choice. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to investigate the apartment. Uh, they break in, basically, because nobody will answer the door. Right. For obvious reasons later. Right. And so they go inside and find a dead, decaying woman's body in the bed. No wonder she didn't answer the door. <laughs> She's kind of really hard. Lazy. Kind of hard to answer the door. <laughs> when you're that lazy, just laying in bed. Mm-hmm. They run away all terrified, and Rita starts chopping her hair off in the bathroom at Betty's because she's freaking the fuck out. Mm-hmm. She thinks people are after her to kill her, so she wants to change her appearance so they can't find her. Right. So Betty puts her in a blonde wig, and then she kind of matches Betty. Twinsies. Seeing double. That's not what it is, but... No, that's, that's not the reason. That's... 
There you go. But okay. Twinsy. <laughs> yeah. They both have darker color eyebrows. Uh-huh. I could see it. They're both cute. Mm-hmm. Although Betty has brown eyes. White, blue eyes. Mm-hmm. And Rita has, Rita brown, has eyes. brown eyes. Like me. Or as Nick calls them, mud eyes. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's really brown eyes. He's really against brown eyes. Why? I don't know. Well, Ask him. This is weird. It is really weird. Hey, Nick, you should email us at seeingdoublepodcasts <laughs> at gmail.com and, and really, really put a lot of work into what's wrong with brown eyes. I want to read this, this marvel of an email that, that will enlighten me to brown eye hatred. He says Haley Atwell is the only person who gets a pass. The only person? <laughs> wow. I know, not even me, man. It's hard to fight brown eyed actresses, he says he, I think. He says he puts up with me in my brown eyes. <laughs> Thanks, man. He's the best. Um, that night, Betty tells Rita that she can just sleep in bed with her. It's fine. Yeah. And so Rita takes her wig off and her towel, and she's got nothing on. Whoop, whoop. And she gets in bed with her. Sometimes you got to sleep naked. It's true. You know, they're I usually in, don't do that with they? other people, though. They're in California, right? They are in California. Yeah, it's warm out there. That's true. My Airbnb when I was out there didn't have air conditioning. It was really hot. See? You should have slept naked. But I was in an Airbnb. You had your own room, right? I did, but I still felt too awkward. Because walls aren't good enough? <laughs> yeah. I okay. was not in my own space. I see. I'm not going to sleep naked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes um, it's freeing. A hotel would be different. But, but an Airbnb, no. I just felt like I was in someone's house and I didn't want to sleep naked. Okay. <laughs> Rita kisses Betty's forehead and then Betty kisses her lips. And Ooh. then they make out and touch each other's boobies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's what happens. They touch the boobies. It's actually really romantic and it's really cute and it's a really hot sex scene, I'm just gonna say. There was no sex. There was sex. It was just all foreplay. <laughs> well, we didn't see the sex part. Right. They spared us. But it that. definitely happened. They're making out pretty hardcore and Betty tells Rita that she's in love with her over and over again. And it's like, girl, it's been Ooh, like a day, calm down. Wow. Clingy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First red flag. <laughs> But then they fall asleep holding hands, and that's very adorable. Right. So sweet. <laughs> Just holding hands on a king-size mattress. One was at one side, the other was at the other side, and in the <laughs> middle they were holding hands. <laughs> no, they were spooning. Okay. Well, that sounds better than holding hands, Stephanie. But their, the image was their hands linked together with their beautiful nails of different color. Okay. Uh, so like United Way? <laughs> Boy Scouts of America? Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> Not their hands were different color. YMCA? Their nails. <laughs> Rita had dark and red nails and Betty had like pink pearl nails. This will be significant later. No, it won't. I'm just okay. trying to differentiate the fact that they were holding hands and you could tell because you could see both nails. Right. Okay. That's it. <laughs> I love it. I just, you know, had to throw in my humor. I know. And it exasperates me, which also amuses you, I'm sure. It makes you laugh a lot. It does. Laughter heals. (laughs) Heals all wounds. 
Rita starts mumbling in her sleep. Silencio. <laughs> yep. Silencio. Yep. It's Italian, right? Silencio. Yeah, she says that over and over again. Silencio. <laughs> louder and louder. I'll stop now. She said silencio? No hay orquesta. <laughs> silencio. Oh, she said that too? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, no hay banda, no hay orquesta, silencio. No band, no orchestra, silence. Yep. Wow, you're so smart. All those years of Italian. And she's also sleeping with her eyes open like Haley Atwell's creepy robot man. <laughs> yeah, well. So she's a, a synthetic. Yeah. And her skin is smooth. Yes. She asks, or Betty wakes her up finally, and she tells Betty to go with her somewhere, even though it's like 2 a.m. Rita puts the Betty wig on, and then they hop in a cab to the glowing blue silencio sign. I had to say it like that. Okay. They enter a big theater, and we see red curtains. It reminds me of the music box a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a theater in Chicago, in case anybody's curious about that. It looks Mm -hmm. a lot like this theater. It's a movie theater. Where I also saw Mulholland Drive at. And they have an organ up in front for when mm-hmm. they would do organ playing things. Oregon? Organ. Oh, organ. Organ. <laughs> Not an Oregon. An Oregon. They have an organ up front. Whole state right there. <laughs> just waiting for you. <laughs> um, if you scan the audience and you see this part, this is like a rumor. It's never been confirmed. Mm-hmm. But in the right-hand side, there are two women sitting in the theater, and one of them looks like Laura Palmer. The other one looks like Renette Pulaski. Okay. Just FYI. It's a rumor that it's really them, the actresses that play them, but it's never been confirmed because it's not on the cast list. Right, because they're just background. You never know. Yes, but it looks a lot like them. We figured out that directors like to call back the same mm-hmm. people a lot, so maybe he said, hey, you want to come sit in a, as an extra on a scene for the right. fun of it? Plus, especially since this is a Twin Peaks, I think this is in the same universe as Twin Peaks, it would make a lot of sense for Laura Palmer and Renette to be here. So, Okay. Just saying. So they sit down, and then a man comes out. He kind of looks devilly, kind of like a... He's kind of devilish. Okay. He's got kind of crazy... Or like Tim Curry-ish. Okay. He's got like a Tim... <laughs> Tim Curry vibe. Tim, okay. Fishnets. Not the, not those. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you watch the scene? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Jesus. But you said Tim Curry, and I just couldn't help myself. <laughs> I just am looking for some affirmation of you understand my reference. I understand your yes. reference. He looks kind of like Tim Curry. Right. Was there a gorilla? No. Or a monkey? Was it a chimpanzee? Chimpanzee. Hotel for chimps. <laughs> <laughs> there was a boy named Kevin who was staying in the hotel under the guise that his parents were there. Nope. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> so he comes out. Tim Curry comes out <laughs> with a monkey. I'm just kidding. Um, he says, no, I banda. There is no band. This is all a tape recording. And he's like pointing different parts of the theater and mm-hmm. music starts playing from different parts where he points. Right. Because of the invention of speakers. Uh, yes. 
No, I bonda, and yet we hear a band. It is an illusion. He then puts his hand up. Hands up. <laughs> right. I was trying to remember what part this was, so I had to do it in my head. Right. I had to act it out. And then thunder crashes, and we see kind of like lightning. Uh-huh. And then Betty starts gasping and seizing in her chair. Lights are flashing everywhere, and smoke fills the room, and then Tim Curry disappears. It's really not Tim Curry, but okay. I mean, he looks like <laughs> Tim Curry, okay? I'm not saying it's Tim Curry. Tim Curry's doppelganger, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like people listening know I'm not saying actually Tim Curry. <laughs> Um, the whole room has a blue glow with shadows moving all across the room. We see a woman with like Marge Simpson blue hair watching from the VIP seats. Um, and then the motel clerk who had talked to Adam with the giant mustache cookie, uh-huh. he comes out and he's in a red suit, which I also think is kind of significant because in the Black Lodge, people are wearing red suits. Right. Anyway, he introduces Rebecca Del Rio, who, fun fact, also sang. At the Roadhouse in season three of Twin Peaks. Cool. She sings an acapella Spanish version of Llorando or Crying mm-hmm. by Roy Orbison. Orbison? Orbison? Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. He, that song is featured in other Lynch stuff. The English version. The Roy version. Right. Her performance is beautiful. It is. It's very good. It's very powerful. The song will, is stuck in my head now because we listened to it right before we started recording. We did. No, nobody wants to hear me sing it. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> Betty and Reed are like clutching each other and crying. And it's really sad. Also, when I was watching this, it was thundering and lightning right when the scene was going on. Because there were storms here in Chicago. On Sunday. And... Now we're three of three that Stephanie has weird weather patterns. I told you, that it's match so up weird. Movies that I've she's noticed. And loves. Yeah, I just had to point it out because it happened when the guy was like, Bleh. when Tim Curry was like, but there was no bando, no bando, no orchestra, no I bando, no orchestra, whatever, no orchestra, no orchestra. orchestra. <laughs> it when was just she- a guy outside your window with a hose and a flashlight. <laughs> <That's- laughs> That's somehow scarier. <laughs> and I don't a, like that. And a big sh- piece of sheet metal. <laughs> He's just trying to set the scene for me. Exactly. There's some person that just knows what I'm going to watch. Like, all right, let's do uh-huh. this. Yeah, I pay him handsomely. Hams, hands, handsomely. Handsomely. Wow. <laughs> I pay him handsomely. You pay him with hams? <laughs> I do. He enjoys ham. Black Forest, to be exact. <laughs> uh-huh. After Rebecca Del Rio is done singing she just collapses and then they drag her off stage second Betty. person to die in this movie yep well may i take that back we don't really know if she died but or third fifth the... person to die in this movie sixth person to die in this movie who are the other ones there was the guy that died when he saw poop lady <laughs> then you have the three people that died due to careless murder <laughs> oh, man yeah, i forgot <laughs> then you have the dead person in the bed uh-huh and then Rebecca and Del Rio. her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Poop lady. Jesus. <laughs> what? Oh, man. You think it's like chocolate pudding all over <laughs> her face? <laughs> oh, 
going to watch that scene the same way. (laughs) 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 When Betty opens her clutch in her seat, (laughs) she finds a small blue box. Uh Uh-huh. And it has a hole for Rita's key, or so we assume. Right. <clears throat> oh no. <laughs> Damn it, Brad. <laughs> so they rush home to open the box. Uh huh. Betty just kind of goes poof. She just disappears. She just, <laughs> she just poof. She just disappears. <laughs> yep. As Rita's getting the key from her bag, she just is like, Betty? Like, she literally just disappeared. Right. There's no trace of her in this apartment. Except for that Betty-shaped cloud (laughs) that was left behind. (laughs) When she ran off at such excessive speed. (laughs) She's like, I'm out of here. She finally got cold feet with her commitment issues. Yep. She's like, this is too much pressure. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) So Rita's very creeped out. She puts, but she still puts the key in the box. Uh Uh-huh. How big would you say this box is? Maybe Um, four by four by four? Yeah, it's not too big. It's like a little jewelry box size almost, or like a half of It's smaller than a Tesseract. Yes. Okay. I would say it's, yeah, just slightly smaller than a Tesseract. Okay. About the same-ish size. Tesseract-ish. Okay. Um, I like that that's our unit of measurements. <laughs> <laughs> Similar in Tesseract. We're always talking about Marvel. I figured it's something sure we could actually pull, pull into it. That was a good reference, Brad. Thank I'm so you. proud of you. <laughs> so she puts the key in, turns it, pulls the key out, opens the box and then we go into the box she fell in the box (laughs) this box was stolen from mary poppins (laughs) and then the box is just on the floor yeah because she fell in it i know she did now you should be more careful and when you go to the bathroom and people say don't fall in (laughs) if you can fall in a box that size you can definitely fall in the toilet yeah well if you go in the toilet you might go to the ministry of magic well we have to flush for that one that's true yeah that's specific you have to pay the toll. That's a really to the yeah, specific toilet. Yeah. Um, but then Aunt Ruth comes home and everything is as she left it. There's no trace of Betty or Rita anywhere. Including her clothing that she was leaving in. Mm-hmm. So, and then we go on a little trip to Diane's bedroom. Uh-huh. The cowboy, there he is. Giddy up. <laughs> <laughs> Stands in the door of her room and says... Hey, pretty girl, time to wake up. Mm-hmm. So you're wondering where the cowboy came back in. Here he is. No, I was wondering where he was going to come in in the other narrative. Oh, uh, well, he's here. Yeah. I just lost the cowboy. <laughs> Look for a horse. <laughs> Horrible. So the girl wakes up, and it's Betty? Question mark? Many question point? marks. <laughs> Betty wakes up in that bed? What? Well, she did poof. She did poof. So someone's banging on her door. So she gets up, puts a gross robe on. 
Yep. And goes to the door. And the woman that had told Rita and Betty that she switched apartments with her is the one at the door. Right. And she calls her Diane. Uh-huh. And tells her she wants her stuff. Right. Oh, she said that in the other one, too, that she, she still did. some stuff there. She still wanted to get her stuff, which is why she was annoyed she hadn't heard from Diane in a while. So uh, she comes in to, to take her stuff. She gets a box. And then we also see a blue key on the coffee table. Right. While... Her neighbor is taking her piano ashtray as well. Yes. And then she leaves with her stuff. Apparent that they used to date. <laughs> what? I think it was pretty apparent that they used to date. Really? I think so. I think they were a couple and they broke up. I don't think this was roommates. I think this was a relationship. Mm. Did I stumble upon something? The great Stephanie <laughs> David Lynch Kretz No, I'm just thinking not. about it. I'm just contemplating it. It seemed like... Ex-girlfriend, ex-girlfriend. Rather than, like, switch apartments? Yes. Like, they used they to They were together and they, then they broke they up. They broke up and she's getting the re- remainder of her belongings. I can see that. That's what I felt. I believe it. Thank you. Good job. I try. This Diane seems a bit rough. She got some crazy hair going on, crazy bedhead. Uh-huh. Raggedy, gross robe, bags right. under her eyes. Yeah, real life person. She's yeah, she's a real human. <laughs> she's like starting to make coffee, and then she turns and sees Rita, but she calls her Camilla and says, "You've come back." And she seems like overwhelmed with emotion uh-huh. when she sees her, like almost crying. But then she realizes she's just hallucinating and starts kind of shuddery crying as she makes coffee. Using the same filter that she just used and probably used many times before. That's gross. Well, she must not have a lot of money. She is a struggling actress. Yeah. I assume. Most likely. One of those ones that has values and won't work as a waitress. Mm Mm-hmm. Oops. Okay. She brings her cup of coffee to the living room, and then we are suddenly transported to naked Camilla on her back. On the couch. We see that there is no key on the coffee table mm-hmm. now, and the piano ashtray has returned to its place on the coffee table. So, flashback. That is, yeah, telling us that we have traveled back in time a little bit. Right. Diane touches her boobs <laughs> and makes out with her, and they have some, you know, hot lesbian smooches. Mm-hmm. Also reinforcing the possible ex girlfriend. Yeah, that's true. Like, maybe they got together and broke them up. And yeah. Yeah. That's just an angle I never considered before. Well, so. you know, don't knock it till you try it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll be in this Camilla Diane sandwich. That's fine. They're hot. That's an angle I haven't tried before. <laughs> I wasn't going to contest how hot they are. Uh, they're a very attractive woman. I uh-huh. respect them, though. Yes. I'm just going to say they're hot, and I would be in that pile of people. Mm-hmm. Uh- <laughs> Camilla tells Diane that she drives her wild, but that they shouldn't do what they're doing anymore. Right. Diane gets a little aggressive with her and kind of forces herself on her, but Camilla stops her. And Diane is clearly upset, and she's just like, it's him, isn't it? And then we cut to a scene in a movie studio where Camilla is 
is filming a scene in a car, like kind of an old timey thing, right. period piece of some sort. Right. Grease. Grease. <laughs> <laughs> um, the actor isn't doing what Adam Adam wants, so Adam gets in the car with Camilla and to demonstrate a romance scene where he has to like kiss her very mm-hmm. romantically. Right. Diane is watching from afar and we just kind of see <laughs> We just see her face like breaking. Her heart is breaking on all over her face. Right. As she watches them like make out very romantically. Uh And then we cut back to the apartment and she's trying to like push Diana or put Diane's trying to push Camilla out the door. Um, They're both super upset. Camilla's upset. She's like, Diana, I just want to talk about this. And Diane says, it's not easy for me. And then she slams the door in her face. And then Diane is sitting on her couch. Mm-hmm. angry crying masturbating as one does we're just gonna gloss over that one yep there's nothing else to it <laughs> probably should that's what's happening nobody likes that what angry pleasuring no no it's not fun it's not attractive it's just you can just i think it's illustrates how distraught she is yeah Right. And she didn't get her rocks off as she had hoped. Right. With Camilla. Exactly. Her phone rings, or we see a phone ring, and we see the red lamp from before, from the beginning, during the phone chain. Right. With the school closings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how do you know the school's closed? Uh-huh. And so now we know that's Diane's phone that's ringing, and nobody picked that one up in the beginning. And nobody picks it up now. No, Diane picks oh, it up. Oh, okay. And Camilla is on the other line telling her that the car is waiting for her. She's, you know, kind of dressed up. She looks very pretty. Mm-hmm. Camilla tells her it's 6980 Mahalan Drive. Diane's in the car, and then we see the sign again. The Mahalan Drive flashy sign. Right. It's the reflective, car. you know, headlights. It's so you can yeah. read it at night, Stephanie. Thank you. <laughs> reflective? Is that the word? Yeah, it reflects light. Yeah reflective that's what i said right i know i'm just i was saying thank you because i couldn't think of the word i was calling it flashing okay not like the sign was flashing but it was like a flashy image gotcha but reflective is a good word is what i wanted the car stops we don't stop here (laughs) thank you (laughs) she does say that she does say it she says it again flip the script oh my god different person yeah diane said it. diane says it we don't stop here uh, she opens the door to no, didn't, or Camilla. Th- th- the guy turns back. No, the guy doesn't say anything. And he says, we have a surprise for you, doesn't he? Or it's a surprise. He, I don't think he says anything. I don't remember. I'm but, sure he says surprise. Okay. And then the other person. And then Camilla comes down yeah. the hill and opens the door and helps her out. And then she leads her up. She's like, I have a shortcut. So she leads her up a hill and through the trees. This part's really sad. Like. Diane seems like really hopeful, like the music is like lifting, Uh they're holding hands and walking through the trees together and it's romantic and they're both really pretty and Mm. dressed up. They are. But. Dressed up. As, as they climb the hill, they get to a party celebrating Camilla and Adam. Yep. Sad. Is it? I think it's sad. I do too. I mean, why does she have to bisexual shame? I'm just saying, you know, the girl likes both. (laughs) But she is obviously very p- possessive and just can't share. Who, Diane? Yeah. 
Well, I feel like she's in love with Camilla. Yeah, but it also seems like she's abusive in this relationship. That's true, too. <laughs> I think there are many aspects that we just don't know all the details to. It's true. I think that she's abusive when she doesn't get what she wants, which is not a good quality at all, obviously. But right. I think she's also blinded by how much she's in love with this girl, right. this woman. A little clingy. She's clingy, like I said like before. before. <laughs> I'm in love with you after one day. Girl, calm down. It's those brown eyes. Mm-hmm. They all get some champagne. Champagne. They toast to love, which is very awkward. They toast uh, to love. Coco appears, and in this world, she's Adam's mom. Right. And Diane is just really awkward, and she's like, they make it seem like it's her fault that no one is like, eating yet she's like i'm sorry i was so late and it's just like really awkward yeah you know what are you gonna do coco had to finish getting that nose job though <laughs> at dinner they're all sitting around a table i feel like diana's in a cross from uh adam and camilla but she's like diagonal from them kitty she corner has, she has a really good yeah kitty corner she has a really good view of them uh-huh so she's sitting across from coco and kind of telling her her life story that she's from Deep River, Ontario. She always wanted to come to L.A. after she won a jitterbug contest. Her aunt died and left her a bunch of money. And then she ended up meeting Camilla on an audition where Camilla got the lead part. But then they became friends. And then she helped her get some parts in some movies. But she's having trouble kind of even articulating the story because the whole time she's talking, Adam and Camilla are like practically making out in front of her. Right. And it's just making her really upset. Who's sitting next to Diane? Just like a random man. I don't think he had any yeah, but he prior so role. Familiar. I know he had no prior role in the movie, but that guy looked really, oh, really I don't familiar. remember. Okay, well, I was hoping maybe you'd know. Sorry. No I problem. I don't think, I didn't I think, think he, he was sports related in some important. fashion, maybe. But anyway, yeah, go on. Yeah. And then while that's going on, Adam is like telling a story about his ex-wife. I got the pool. She got the pool, man. <laughs> Something about... <laughs> Giving the judge something moneyer for that or something. Yeah. And then Diane looks across the room and she sees Angelo, espresso man, staring back at her. Uh Uh-huh. And then Camilla, not Rita Camilla, but Camilla actress from the the one that they, this is the girl Camilla. Right. Comes over to Camilla. (laughs) This is very confusing. And whispers something in Camilla's ear. And then they start smooching a bunch in front of Diane. Uh Uh-huh. And Diane is like barely holding it together at this part. I'm assuming this is like hours going by of her like suffering through this horrible shit, like super awkward. Yep. Just like it's like Camilla is going out of her way to make her feel really bad. Yeah, get her back. Yeah. And because she wouldn't accept her swinger lifestyle. <laughs> I don't know if it was that. <laughs> so she can barely keep it together. She's like, like tears are rolling down her cheeks. She's trying to like chill. The cowboy walks by again. Uh Uh-huh. Third time. Third time for us. Second time for Diane. Okay. Maybe second time for Adam as well. Yeah. yeah. Adam clinks a glass because he has an announcement. He can barely get it out because him and Camilla are giggling so much. He just says, Camilla and I are going to be, and then just keep giggling, and then we cut away from that scene. Right. And now we're at Winky's Diner. Yep. Again, where Diane is looking pretty strung out she's not doing too hot yeah there might be some drug usage there i'm sure the waitress comes over we see her name tag says betty Ah. instead of diane this time right right he pours her a cup of coffee as she's meeting with the inept hitman right 
She puts Camilla's headshot on the table, pushes it over to him and says, this is the girl. So she's ordering a hit on her ex-girlfriend, Camilla. Uh-huh. The guy asks her, are you sure you want this? And she says, more than anything in this world. Nothing would make me happier. (laughs) He tells her that when it's finished, she'll find the blue key. And she looks up from her coffee and sees Patrick Fischler at the counter, who is the guy that died from Poop Lady. From Poop Lady. (laughs) Yep. She asks the hitman, what's it open? And then he just kind of chuckles. We walk through the back of Winkies at night. Or the camera does. We do. Yeah, the camera. We, the audience. We, the audience, walk through the back of Winkies at night and go see Poop Lady. Yep, just make sure she's okay. (laughs) She just had to make sure she's still there. Yeah. She's chilling by a fire. She's got the blue box in her hand. Mm -hmm. You know, she's going to collect the time stone. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, She puts it in a paper bag for Thanos (laughs) Uh to get later. Yep. <laughs> or maybe Loki, whoever she's working with. <laughs> and throws it on the ground. She throws it on the ground. And then the, and then Tiny. <laughs> this is so weird, this part. Tiny versions of the giggling old people crawl <laughs> yeah. out of the bag. Uh-huh. <laughs> the ones that were on the plane with Betty. In right. The, in the other part. Uh, at Diane's house, she's just sitting on her couch, upset, because we see the key on the coffee table so we know that the hit was a success obviously the job was done the job was completed so she's just that's why she had a vision of her you know in her kitchen and she was like camilla and then she realized Uh, she was just hallucinating okay oh so now we're back from so now we're back to real time we're back to real time okay so this was all flash those were all flashbacks she went you know they broke up she went to the party where they're getting engaged she She ordered the the hit on camilla and the key's there now. The key's there now. This is that next, that day where her ex-girlfriend, I guess, came to collect, collect her belongings. Her okay. There's a loud banging on the door, but it's the old people crawling through the bottom mm-hmm. to come attack her. To laugh at her. To laugh at her. Laugh at her pain. She starts screaming. There's pounding everywhere. Lights are flashing. The old people are chasing her down the hall. She's just screaming and screaming and screaming and they're laughing and laughing and laughing and then she just grabs a gun out of her bedside table and she just shoots herself in the head. Yep. Through the mouth. Yeah. And then smoke fills the room and the lights keep flashing. Uh-huh. And then we see Poop Lady again. Uh-huh. She's got a bit of a blue curtain overlay as some Angela Badalamati music rises. And then we see, you know, overlays of Diane and Camilla or Betty and Rita together smiling with the lights of LA in the background. Mm -hmm. And then we end with Marge Simpson. Marge Simpson at Club Silencio in her VIP seat. And she just says, Silencio. And then the credits roll. Yeah. And then it's over. So, Brad, what did. Don't you dare. What happened in that movie? I don't want to get quizzed again. (laughs) It was a fake reality, a dream. It was a dream. That then led to the real life situation with a flashback for context. Basically, the whole movie happens in the time it takes for her to shoot herself. Her to wake up, give belongings to her ex-girlfriend, sit on the couch, freak out, and Mm -hmm. then kill herself. Yep, exactly. And I'm assuming she is the body in the bed decomposing in the dream. Yes. Was there a gun 
in that scene. I don't think we saw one. Yeah, it was pretty decomposed. So there's, so yeah, like, obviously, I feel like the the first, yeah, three-fourths of this movie is, I feel like, Diane trying to fix what happened. Right. Like, her guilt is eating her up inside. Like, that's what the old people are. They're, like, her guilt chasing mm-hmm. her down, basically. And creepy smiles. Creepy smiles, just, like, haunting her because she can't escape it anymore. She did a very bad thing. And like, so this dream is a way of fixing what happened. So like, instead of Camilla getting killed by the hitman, Betty kind of saves her in a way. Like she rescues her and takes her under her wing and like protects her. Right. You know, they solve a little mystery together. Like everything's so shiny and magical. Right. And then they love each other. Projects her hatred toward direct a guy by making his life crappy in this alternate yes, dream. Yes, exactly. So Adam has like the worst fucking day of his life because he she lost fucking the hates house him. To his wife. He lost his wife. He lost his movie. He lost, lost his, his money. agency in yep. his movie. Like he was forced to do everything by these other people. So yeah, it's so he like was unsuccessful. And then the hitman was so inept because she wanted to try to fix. She was hoping that he would be inept in real life, right? So that he wouldn't be successful in his hit. So that was like her way of trying to reconcile Just that. Just how good he really was. Because he was actually a really good hitman and he mm-hmm. killed Camilla and did his job. And she, that was her way of trying to make peace with that aspect as well. Yep. So... It's just really sad. Poop lady's the same in both realities. Poop lady though. is just, she's just there all the time. She's, there. she's chilling. She's pooping all over herself. But it is interesting that in her dream, Patrick Fischler is telling the story about how he saw a person at the counter. And in her reality, she sees him paying at the counter. Yep. And then we go see Poop Lady. Yep. So. So, hey. that's, so that's what it is. Like, that's the double aspect is that it's uh, the dream world where they're inhabiting these different personalities from Betty or from Diane's. Diane trying to fix what happened, but she can never fix it. Right. And everything just drives her so insane that she kills herself. So any fun facts we did not randomly touch base on whilst going through this? Yeah, I think I have, I have a lot of um, fun facts. I also would like to say that this movie is a love story. I think it's a love story. Okay. I believe it. It's a fucked up love story. Yeah, but at the heart of it... Very messed up. But at the heart of it is Diane and Camilla. Right. So when you love really hard, you kill the ones you love and then kill yourself. Exactly. Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Um, oh maybe that was the inspiration (laughs) there you go juliet and juliet there you go um the set of okay so when david wasn't a story about jack and diane (laughs) song reference when this movie came out um i almost said diane david lynch gave special instructions on how to watch it which i actually got to see it at the at the music box per david lynch's instructions okay last year interesting uh, which was, he did not want the film to be centered vertically on the screen, but rather to allow more overhead as the term in projectionist slang, that is, to let the top part of the frame be more visible than the bottom part. That's because the film was originally made for TV with an aspect ratio of... Four to three. What year was this done? Uh, oh, 19... I don't remember. Probably four or three. Yeah. Um, with an aspect ratio of uh, 16.9. Oh, okay. In mind, without the projectionist manual correction. So what, he wanted overscan worked into it? I guess. Because on... Because without the projectionist manual correction, the aspect ratio of the the theatrical release would have resulted in heads being cut off. 
Okay. Um, and he also asked to raise the volume of the theater sound system by three decibels when the film was playing. The note ended with the words, your friend David Lynch. <laughs> so I saw it in with the David Lynch preferred decibels. I bet those loud parts were really loud. I had a headache after I watched it. Nice. I was like, Ugh. like the screeching car people. I was like, uh-huh. can you not? Because I knew it was coming because I've seen it so many times. I like. Now you know why he likes five minute long sweeping scenes. Yeah. Just saying. The guy has feelings for your ear holes. Uh huh. Fun fact the cowboy has no eyebrows. <laughs> he must be a nervous plucker. This was done to give the character a more subtle, disturbing appearance. Yeah. Eyebrowless people can be disturbing. It is creepy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've seen that once. Um, on the way to audition for her part as Camilla and Rita, Laura Herring was in a minor car accident. Ooh. It's creepy. At which she screamed out, We don't stop here. We don't stop here. here. (laughs) David Lynch initially resisted the studio's offer to provide additional funds to complete Mulholland Drive 1999, to complete the TV pilot as a feature film. His battle with ABC network executives had left him with a negative feeling about the project, and he felt he had run out of ideas for the storyline. When he finally agreed to revisit the film, he found that all the sets had been destroyed, much to his horror, and all of the costumes and props had been released by ABC. Normally, all sets, props, and costumes for a possible TV series are carefully cataloged and stored for future use. Lynch claimed this this setback actually proved a blessing in disguise when it finally generated new ideas about how how to proceed with filming, and he was able to come up with a satisfying conclusion for the story. Oh, cool. That's fucked up, though. I feel like ABC is a real weird thing against David Lynch because they canceled Twin Peaks, you know, and... And they destroyed all of his sets. They destroyed all of his sets. They made him reveal the killer sooner than he ever wanted. It's fucked up. Silencio. Silencio. (laughs) ABC executives rejected the original pilot version because they thought Naomi Watts and Laura Herring were too old to be television stars. ABC's stupid. Yeah, They were so young back then. I know. It's 1999. I mean, Naomi Watts is older now, but she still looks good. She's still hot. Yeah. She's got smile lines, but, you know, that just happens with age, especially when you smile a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally filmed in 1999 on a budget of $8 million as a made-for-TV pilot, Mulholland Drive, or, yeah. New scenes were filmed one year later on a $7 million budget given by French fu- film studio, Studio Canal, to wrap up the open ending, which had been left unresolved in the original TV version so that a series could follow <coughs> this Wait, is so a, did this did this air on tv no, or it was, it was all filmed it to was be filmed on? to be a tv pilot spinoff never, of, of twin peaks yeah and then never aired mm-hmm. and then they came back and they, they filmed made it a movie the real life thing after i don't that? know what was filmed and what wasn't okay. i'm not sure Interesting. but this is a very fun fact for me personally um the script used in Betty's audition read-through is taken from the scene between Bobby and Shelley in Twin Peaks, Episode 2, where Bobby stops by Shelley's place and sees the injuries on her face inflicted by her husband, Leo. When Bobby sees the injuries, he says, I'll kill him, and Shelley replies, he'll kill us both. Okay. It's just fun. I think that's cool. I didn't know that before, so. Nice. David Lynch says the blue-haired lady sits in the balcony in the same position as Abraham Lincoln did in the fourth theater. All right. <laughs> okay, David Lynch. The license plate on the limo at the end of the movie is 2GAT123. This is Larry David's license plate in Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> nice. Um, Naomi Watts found the masturbation scene the most difficult to film. 
To make her feel more comfortable during filming, Lynch had a small tent cover cover her head so she wouldn't have to see the cast and crew. He directed and guided her through the scene, but refused to cut even when she felt the most distressed. He wanted to make the scene as real and raw as possible. Okay. I've heard her talk about that, and she's always like, ooh. <laughs> when he talks to Adam Kesher, the cowboy says, you will see me one more time if you do good. You will see me two more times if you do bad. Justin Thoreau said in, in an interview that since he didn't have the entire script, but received the pages day by day, he asked David Lynch if the cowboy would appear again in the film. According to him, Lynch's answer was, I don't know. We'll find out together. <laughs> <laughs> and the no. cowboy does, in fact, turn up two more times, but to Diane. That's funny. Mm-hmm. That's a good secret, man. The actual Mulholland Drive runs east to west along Santa Monica mountain range, separating the glamorous areas to the south, Hollywood and Beverly Hills, uh-huh. from the less glitzy San Fernando Valley to the north. As such, it is a metaphor for the line between movie stardom and failure. This is some bullshit someone wrote. Okay. But I thought it was interesting. Um, indeed, in the dinner scene, Diane explains that she is a struggling actress and that Camilla, who is a rising star, has used her influence to get Diane some small roles in her films. Thus, Mulholland Drive could be symbolizing the divide separating the two women and the barrier keeping Diane from landing a big Hollywood role. Uh, Fun. Interesting. Those are all my fun facts. Awesome. Well, it was fun to half watch this movie again <laughs> at half attention. I paid a lot of attention, but thankfully I've seen it so many times I didn't have to pause. I was just like... Fly through. I know what's going on. And, and throughout the notes. Yep. All right. Well, that'll be all for us this week. As what's always, our double count? Oh, yeah. You want to do that. Oh, God. <laughs> Okay, one, Diane, two, Betty. three, four, five. You should say them out loud. Six. I'm not going to follow along with your counting. I don't know. I don't know the names. Okay, the opening. Diane, Betty. The opening dude at the beginning, the sweaty man. Then you meet Betty. The <laughs> sweaty man. Yeah, at the very beginning. Who's the sweaty man? Who sees poop lady. Oh, Patrick. Okay, Fischler. she got him. Then Betty. Uh huh. Poop lady. Poop <laughs> lady. Um, Camilla, the 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 bumbling murderer. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, Camilla. Uh huh. And Camilla, other Camilla. And the also. other Camilla. Adam. The is he the director? Yeah. Okay. Coco. Coco. Yep. Chanel. Gotcha. <laughs> Nine would be uh the cowboy. Cowboy. Uh oh, Angela Badalamonte. Okay. Ten. There's a lot. It's a lot. There's a lot of. Let's stop at 10. Okay. 10's a good number. There's probably a couple more in there. I'm sure there is. But yeah, basically the world was doubled in Betty's dream, but... Everybody's to... names were flippy floppy. Everybody's names were flipped. Oh, Diane, Betty. Waitress. Okay. 11. She's another one. Yeah. Um, everyone's names were flipped to, or, fl- or the scene was flipped to accommodate her guilt. All right. So we're at 11, possibly more. <laughs> so lots of doubles in this one. Yep. And if you haven't seen this movie, go watch it because I can't do it justice talking about it even though I tried because the atmosphere and the cinematography and the peep, the performances and it's a really really good movie. It's probably my favorite David Lynch movie besides Firewalk with Me. So. And turn up your decibels by 3 to get the full effect on your <laughs> yeah. surround sound. Let your neighbors know that you're watching Mulholland Drive. <laughs> <laughs> Or come over and watch it with me, and I'll talk through it and go, yay. And you I'll... won't get that extra three decibels over <laughs> here, though. 
No, I will turn it up and then I'll turn it down for the specific parts that I know are coming. <laughs> so I'll be scared. Okay, now I'm done. All right. Thanks, everybody. So please rate and review <laughs> us on iTunes. Uh, you can leave, uh, send us comments, uh, suggestions at uh, cdoublepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to hear from you. You can follow us on Twitter at cdoublepod. Uh, you can follow Stephanie on Instagram at Steph plus verb. And Cosplay. Yep, cosplay and the the photos that she puts together for our content. And uh, until next time. I'm Stephanie Kretz. And I'm Bradford Barth. Thank you for listening. Silencio. Ooh.